Sing us the song of your people. Meow, 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 meow. Howdy, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Where Are We podcast. It's been a while, and we're glad to be back. I'm your host, Zephyr Nazumi, and I'd like to apologize for taking a little bit of a break there. We're looking to get back into recording, and we have some new members in the mix now. That said, I'm going to take a little bit of time to introduce some of the people. Um, I realized that actually in our last episode, I didn't introduce two of our members uh, for reals. So I'm going to reintroduce Wolf X and Black Wolf. Wait, wait, we're still stuck on this again. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Well, I guess it's continuity. (laughs) This is Barracks and Blackpaws, and they have both been members of the community for quite a while. So I'm going to give you guys a a moment to say whatever you like to about yourself. You go ahead, Blackpaws. Oh, well, okay, fine. Hi. I was around in the days of Alt Horror Werewolves, the old Usenet news group. I joined it thinking it would be about about pop culture werewolves, but it ended up being about a spiritual type thing that I had actually never heard of. But for some reason it interested me, I stuck around, and uh, eventually, uh, after much pulling of teeth, I decided to try to uh, take the path myself and see where it leads. So uh, I'm uh, focused on Fox right now, but... It has been and continues to be a pretty uh, rough road for myself. So I'm le- I'm learning just as much as anybody else who's listening. So <laughs> has the road ever pointed to something other than Fox for you? Not specifically that I know of. At least at least not strongly. Okay, I mean, so you're you're not a black wolf. Not as yeah uh, yeah like like I said not not seriously. I mean, there's been you know. Little, little pieces, you know, little suggestions here and there. And, you know, I know that nobody has to be exclusive, as it were. But uh, I guess nothing I'm pursuing as strongly, I suppose. And what about you, Barrex? Well, hey, I'm, uh, I'm Barrex. And like the foxy fellow before me, I've been around since the old horror werewolf days. Old horror werewolves days, golly. Um, I joined up that site in 93 and was a pretty constant fixture in the community up until the mid-2000s. Took a fairly significant hiatus to sort of have a career and do all that sort of life stuff. And then uh, now in my middle age, I've returned to the community to to sort of reconnect. So here I am. All right, you two. So welcome back. And again, I apologize for... uh... Oh, okay. I can't. I, I don't apologize for introducing you two as wolves, but I apologize for not <laughs> coming back around and uh, introducing you properly last episode. So uh, maybe if you unzip the bear costume, there's wolves inside. Who knows? Oh, uh, you know, we're all just wolves anyway. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I know nobody has to be like necessarily exclusive. So you know. So I am an orange wolf. You're saying? <laughs> Could be. Do not get him started, please. <laughs> oh, and there's Blue Wolf. Blue, do you want a few words? Nice to be back. Sorry for the delay. 2020 is uh, not impacted just everybody else, but us certainly as well. Uh, we've been having our own struggles and difficulties, but nice to be back on the the uh, recording here. So that's about it, though. And you're also from the alt horror werewolves era, right? Correct. 
I joined in at the very end of its uh, life, in essence, and uh, made some interesting connections that have really opened up a lot of doors for me and understanding of myself over the over the years. Plenty of issues in my own self getting through all of that and understanding it. But now, uh, you know, 20 some odd years in, uh, um, I think I've got a reasonable understanding of it that is uh, fundamental, at least. Not perfect, but reasonable. Fair enough. I am the <laughs> Orange Wolf. <laughs> and uh, again, I've already kind of I've talked a lot about much of these episodes already, but uh, I'm a, a newcomer by comparison to the three of you. So, you know, I poked my snout in around 2005, but it was really around 2017 that I started to get really involved in the community. So I want to introduce two other people who are kind of new to the community too. So first one's going to be Tiger Acolyte. Greetings. I'm Tiger Acolyte. Uh, I've been in the community since 2008-ish. Took a, a chunk of interest there and then disappeared for many years. And then just recently I came back with a vengeance. And oh, This could be kind of interesting. I don't think we've had like a tiger on the show before. Oh, no, we totally haven't had a tiger on the show. And we also have Blaze. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. I'm Blaze. I'm coming to you from way out in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Um, I kind of fall into the same category with Barracks in the sense that I started becoming aware of my theory anthropy back in the mid-90s. But unlike the rest of you all, I didn't really get a chance to connect with the online community aspect of it until just this year. I made a couple of attempts to get involved and I first learned about the Therian community around 2006-ish and I made an account on the wear list. But for various reasons, I didn't really get a chance to connect with community until I joined TG earlier this year. So in terms of Therian experiences, I'm a bit of a gray muzzle-ish, but in terms of community and online stuff in general, this is all really new to me, so I'm really excited about all of this. Fair enough, and I'd like to uh, thank both of you for joining, too. We've had a lot happen since our last episode, and for those who are kind of tuning in, uh, we, we've been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for, like, I guess... Kind of like team building exercises and things like that. And we've been, uh, okay, so mostly it's been among us and we've been killing each other. But <laughs> we've been, uh, uh, no, 2020 is kind of rough. And uh, we have been doing some stuff behind the scenes to kind of support each other. And anyway, I'd like to uh, apologize for not trying to produce more of these. I, I myself have moved and a lot of my free time has been kind of repairing the house, making things better, adulting for the most part, like uh, work's kind of taken the forefront to home relationships, things like that. So I, I've just not been around enough to be able to do things like this. So you've been living your life. Uh, I've, I've been, yeah, I've been living life. <laughs> so I feel like things have calmed down enough that I can start to give things like this my attention again. So I'm, I'm glad to be back too. What have you guys been up to? I'm back um, in college. Ditto. Working so, college. <laughs> 20 means adulting, basically. Well, I just hit 40 in June, and right on cue, I kind of waltzed right into a midlife crisis. I'm currently looking at the end of my truck driving career, and I spent the summer um, on EI, but I made the most of it. 
and I went on a walkabout and I made a big post on TG of all the great shots that I took out there in the wilderness. It was nice to get away for a while. Heaven. But other than that, I've just been, yeah, just got away, went out camping. I was thinking of you guys. I went out like five times in a row this year. It was, it was amazing to just be able to unplug like that and just forget it all. Even if only for a few days, it made all the difference in the world. And by the end of that, I realized, you know, all of this stuff, as awful as it's been, it's been happening for a reason. And literally, just after I had that conclusion formed in my mind, Zeph picks me up by the scruff and drops me in the Where Are We crew, and now here I am. So I haven't really had a whole heck of a lot of time to be down in the dumps. Uh, 2020 in and of itself was just horrible. And it, it seemed like things just kept piling and piling and piling. And I'm like, ah, you know, I started to kind of get depressed. My anxiety started up a little bit more. I'm like, you know, what? I need to take a break and just kind of focus on myself some. And I, I did that and like backed away from social media a little bit uh, or a lot <laughs> and uh, tried getting outside more and tried kind of focusing on myself and, and grounding myself. And it's I feel tremendously better now. It's, it's hard to not get caught up in everything that's going on, but I, I think we have to kind of take that step back to maintain our sanity. It's absolutely vital. It's been, it's been a big grind for, for months on end for so many people. And I think depression is kind of just washing over the entire populace at the end of the day for, you know, just the, the social distancing and, and just fatigue of, everything that's going on and just the nonstop barrage, every media and nerves being frayed and just everything. I think that, you know, it's been, it's been very, very grinding. I'm a big hugger and uh, the global pandemic has put a real kink in that, you know, I'm a big cuddly dude. So not being able to give big old hugs has been a kind of a huge downer for me. You know, Despite being someone, I'm pretty sure that I beat the dead horse in the first few episodes of this and the Therian talks that I'm I'm mostly a loner and uh, even I'm feeling it and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm kind of ready to get back to hanging out with friends and stuff now. So like I can only imagine what it's like for people who are more social, but it's well, you, you have to be creative and find ways to work around it. We have Thanksgiving right around the corner, and I know a lot of people are upset about not being able to see their family, but it's like you have to stop being upset about what you can't do and try to focus on what you can. Zoom meetings with your family members may not be the ideal, but at least it's something to help bridge the gap until we have some degree of normalcy. I'm kind of naturally an antisocial person by most people's standards. I mean, I'm kind of a loofish, but I've never felt like that's my natural behavior. I've always felt like that's my learned behavior and how I conduct myself around more conventional people. But what I really want is to socialize and connect with people. And I just can't really do that. So at first, this whole 2020 stuff wasn't really affecting me as much. But once I started getting more involved with the community and started getting a taste of that connection, boy, oh boy, do I ever feel lonely a lot these days. So it's kind of a it's kind of funny how connecting with people that way can help bridge the gap, but it can also increase the sense of isolation. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, my personal situation is a lot more fortunate, you know, than most, you know, I'm able to work from home and my job is pretty good and all that, but 
my company seems to be taking everything pretty seriously, but I, I can't help but think that I might not be as motivated as I am to see other people and to, you know, may, maybe think about you know the, this all this serious stuff a little more seriously if it weren't for me being home all the time. I, I mean, because uh, I, I found uh, personally that you know even taking the same bus route to and from work every day is is sort of a shakeup in my surroundings and everything. And now they don't have that. I guess I've been uh, thinking about other things or have more time to. It's not a bad thing, but again, I'd kind of encourage balance there too. I'm someone who like, if I get too scheduled and get too inside my head, it's kind of a bad thing. Uh, so I've been trying to take the opportunity to still like learn some new skills and, and, socialize in new ways and things along those lines too uh, it's about finding uh finding that degree of you know what's comfortable for you I'm trying to find your own way forward and all this yep yeah, I'm, I'm i'm sort of hoping that you know uh after things settle down you know i'll be able to you know carry some of this motivation with me you know i think it helps us see the world in a new light it's helping us gain empathy in ways that maybe we took for granted before uh it's helping us I mean, I'm not going to lie. We see some people with completely terrible attitudes through all of this, <laughs> but I think we're also seeing some of the really good stuff coming out of it too. We're being reminded of what it means to be social. And some of us are learning to not take that for granted. And I think that's important. I think that my bonds with people have actually strengthened through all this. It's been challenging, but I feel like I've made real life progress through all this and I've kind of, again, made very strong relationships with people. No, but there's a lot of things to be, to look at as a, as a positive here, like, you know, Bear going back to, you know, working on his, his schooling, me going back to work on, you know, additional schooling as well. You know, those are things that I think the 2020 has been very advantageous for. It's given a focus to uh, some of the efforts. But at the same time, you know, it is it is difficult to get through all this stuff. And, um, you know, it, we've definitely found different ways to connect, different ways to associate and uh, take precautions that I, I think, you know, we, we've gotten to see some some real positives out of the whole thing. You know, in some ways, there is a lot of hope, uh, in my opinion, in the world. People who have actually shown care and and you know, trying to do the right thing. And then, you know, there's there are a lot of people who disagree and don't believe that what is going on is actually happening. I I don't understand how you can deny reality that is in front of your face every day worldwide. But I understand, you know, the conviction, even though I strongly disagree with it. But at the same time, I've seen a lot more people, you know, turn that corner and try to do the right thing. They aren't as vocal. They aren't as, as noticeable because they're just, doing it because it's the right thing and noticing those people and acknowledging those people and, you know, thanking people who are on the front lines, you know, be it the healthcare workers, be it the people in retail. We all know somebody in that, those fields. And it, to me, you know, I, I see them truly as heroes leading the charge on a lot of this stuff and trying to do, you know, trying to help people at the end of the day yeah they're trying to make a living too but at the end of the day they're they're really trying to advance and make things better i see that as a remarkably positive thing 
and for me doing my little part because I've got the fortunate ability to work from home most of the time and take care of uh, the situations you know more remotely and you know not expose myself into the situation that's just that's the piece that I can do given my circumstances it's almost like over in the US we are experiencing like the five stages of grief <laughs> and everyone's experiencing a different stage at the same time um, I think we are seeing some people who are like, okay, well, you know, we have to accept what's going on around and we have to try to change our perspective in order to move forward. I'm encouraged that I see more and more people kind of headed in that direction. It's kind of, it's, I can understand that it's, it's difficult for some people to accept some of what's going on. Um, a lot's changed. It's almost like we've, we've been playing a game for a certain number of years and all of a sudden the, the rules have changed. We're being told that we have all these extra restrictions that we have to follow and sometimes they don't make sense to us or they feel like they're you know in, impending on our freedoms or anything along those lines. But I kind of, part of me wishes that everybody would just comply and we'd be over this thing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of well, why aren't people taking this seriously? You know, I even if you're not, it almost seems like a thing of respect to to try to comply with these things so that, you know, I, I don't know. I know people that are personally affected, some not really symptomatic, some problematically symptomatic. And uh, it's maybe my perspective changes a little bit because I, I, I know people personally who have been impacted by the virus, but uh, I just don't, I don't know. I think the... The root cause of all the woes that we're facing and all the, the inability to cope, it all comes back down to basic, simple fear. And fear manifests itself in behavior in a lot of very complex ways. But most of the dumb things that you see people doing in response to this crisis, I think can really be traced back down to just the simple fact that they're mortal beings who are afraid and they're going to react. Some people go into denial. Some people become aggressive. Some people go on a holy crusade. But one way or another, it's all knee-jerk reaction that's rooted in fear. So the only way to really truly kill that fear is to be informed. And once you have your knowledge, it's really important to choose your influences consciously. If you're just letting yourself be bashed around by all these exterior influences trying to tell you what to think and what to feel and what to believe, you'll never feel like you know what you believe. Uh, so in terms of coping with it all and moving past it and seeing it as a positive experience, I think it's really important that people see this as an opportunity to deal with their fears. And that's enough of this parking session. The complicated thing is that despite being as frustrated as I am, part of me still wants to remain compassionate and empathetic or empathic to those who are not seeing things the same way. I think it's really important to try to remain neutral as you observe others and how they're handling things. They're, it's, not, it's impossible for us to know what someone else is experiencing. And that's, you know, uh, their entire life may shape their worldview. So it's, I think, some of the 
aggression that I see between people who have differing trains of thought, I don't think that's that helpful. I think really it's a time where we need to kind of slow down a little bit and just explain what's going on. Um, this includes the political aspect of things too, which I don't want to get into on here. But it's a time where we really need to kind of slow down, stop each other, have like serious heart-to-hearts. Maybe just try to really explain. The, some of the stuff that we have to try to figure out and explain is difficult. We don't know how to. But we're not going to make progress if we're attacking each other or stressing ourselves out to this degree either. I think it's important that we just try to figure out how to work together to to kind of make things better, you know, day by day. Taking the stance that someone is fundamentally wrong or evil, which tends to be how a lot of things are kind of framed in, in the arguments that go nowhere, it is just so foreign to me. I have a very hard time wrapping my brain around it. We, we need to start from a common point and, you know, find those, those common things that we, we have, you know, be it an interest in cars, an interest in bicycling, an interest in, you know, technology, an interest in, you know, um, in our case, their anthropy, obviously. But find those interests and use them as the foundation to actually have a meaningful conversation to start to understand that the other person is not this evil anything. They're just a person with differing opinions, and that's okay. So where do we where do we start that and there's so much separation and division and and drive to to isolate ourselves and only be with our tribe that i think we've lost a lot of that that's it, it it's sad to me to see the evolution that we've uh, had over the last you know uh, for me 40 some odd years um of where things have started and where things have gone and you know the technology is wonderful but at the same time it's it's created a very easy way for things to get isolated and become echo chambers and not believe that the other side has any merit whatsoever it it can be hard it can be painful to take a look at oneself and say maybe i'm not right but at the same time to me that's fundamentally necessary how we grow as individuals and uh, again it's actually kind of why I, I took some time away from social media and things like that too is because i was doing my own bit of self-reflection there like um what are the ways that i'm approaching things wrong since i have returned it's like i i see things like social media as an opportunity for us to bond in more positive ways so that's why you know we've been doing more gaming sessions and and more bonding sessions and bear and i are now learning a language together and uh you know taking cultural classes and i'm i'm just trying to take it as an opportunity for myself to try to figure out how do i instead of being someone who causes this rift or or whatnot how how can i kind of switch things around like it, it doesn't have to be this way Social media and the like don't have to be like this conflagration where you you absolutely have to be attacking somebody and the opinions have to be so polarized. It's, I don't know, I think it's a time, it's a perfect opportunity for us to kind of shatter that perception. Um, I'd like to chime in and just say that that was the, um, that was sort of the crux uh, behind uh, why I 
engaged in the Unity project. Uh, I know, Zeph, you had originally uh, po posed to me like ways I could help you bring people together. And I thought, you know what? What's, what's a better way to bring everyone together than to put everyone together into a single coherent picture? Um, and uh, I'd like to extend that out to the community as well, but just haven't gotten there. And you know, people are, are welcome to um, show express their interest outside of um, TG, because that's what it's been limited to so far. I'm willing to meet you halfway. But um, the entire point of uh, trying to do this Unity project was to remind people that, uh, like in the picture itself, you know, you might all be in different colors, different camps, but together, you all are part of one big picture. And, you know, you may have your differences, but you're all in this together. And I think it's really important to remember that, uh, again, you may have disagreements, but there there's a civil way to have disagreements and still still feel like you are are um, on the same side or at least friends with the people that you engage with. I just also wanted to thank Tiger Acolyte for all the the extra hard work that he put into making that project possible. And I also wanted to point out that that project itself is a really good example of what we can do to help steer others in their ways of thinking. The best thing we can do is to provide examples. Let's get up and do it. And I'm going to kind of step in here too. So like um, those of you who are not on TG will have absolutely no idea what this project is about. <laughs> Essentially, uh, we've, we started soliciting members to provide pictures of their stereotypes, and we were going to make a, a collage out of it. And Tiger Acolyte did so very successfully. It's, pretty awesome. So um, I'll try to add a link to that. I'd like to step here and just make a short correction. It's It would be more accurate to call it a photo mosaic than a collage. Okay, photo mosaic. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a project that I kind of started uh, early on in the year. And I was like, you know, I want to find a way to kind of bring different parts of the community together. And it would be kind of cool if people from all over contribute to it. And it, around the time that I really got the ball going was when I got attacked by a bunch of people from different places. And I'm like, okay, I don't feel like doing that anymore. But it's we, we do need to step back and focus on the bigger picture. Because again, it, it's not about the the strife that we have with one another it really is about thinking, how do we do something to help build the entire community? People are going to like me. People are going to hate me. Either way, things like this project, it's separated from that. Um, this project is meant to inspire everyone in the community who needs that inspiration. So I've actually found inspiration through Tiger Acolyte continuing the project because I, I got kind of disillusioned and seeing the end result helped me out tremendously and it, it actually did help me see the bigger picture so um even those of us who are trying to kind of teach and guide in these directions sometimes we we kind of need a little bit of an alignment too so keep us in line yeah i i, I myself don't know much about uh the com you know all the myriad communities other than other than tg and that's mostly because you know 
I've I've got Verex and some other folks I know work you know working on it. So finding out about all these other places is kind of a learning experience for me at least. I was trying to go into different places. Like I, I kind of went active on Wearlist for a while, and then I kind of. Uh, was active in a few different Discord servers and things like that, and it just ended too too much life happened all at once. So I feel kind of bad because again, I have, I have the intention of I, I know we're going to talk about some of the projects that TG has, and I don't want this podcast to seem like it's focusing or fixating on just TG specific things. But right now, it's kind of the only community bits that are in my scope. <laughs> so again, I would like to extend that if there are any things that we can promote within this podcast, let us know. This is not meant to be like a TG specific podcast. It is meant to be a community-wide podcast. So if there are ways that we can keep better in touch with uh, community projects and things like that, just let us know. I'd like to uh, just briefly touch back around and uh, just say, I think it's important for all, all of the Theron and other communities to remember that in the end, we're all here to uh, make friends, bond with each other, learn together, and disseminate information accordingly. We're not here to make enemies, uh, form cliques, and uh, put one group against another. We're here in a collaborative effort to learn. And uh, if I can add a little to that. So one of the things I, I actually like that there are a number of different sort of pieces of the community, each with their own sort of personality, because it may be that the general attitude of one forum or Telegram group or Discord group or whatever doesn't mesh with your personality. So uh, experimenting with some of the different subgroups, you know, may allow one to find a, a sub-community, uh, so to speak, that is a better mesh for their personality. It does have the unfortunate side effect of fractioning the community in ways that lead to, for instance, differing definitions of therianthropy. You know, a lot of us AHWW folks have one definition and some more modern people who've come into the community later have a somewhat different definition. And then there are third definitions and uh, that can become islands. So, you know, I think we might, as a community, need to do a better job of managing that. You know, try some of the different communities and see, you know, if they fit you better. Agreed, Bear. That's one of the things that kept me kind of on the outskirts of the community for, you know, all those years. It, it, I never found a, a group that seemed right to me. It never really clicked. Um, eventually, I found a few individuals and we clicked very, very well. But it was always a degree of separation between me and a lot of them. And I'm I'm grateful to have found the uh, group that we have here, uh, a little bit wider of a net even uh, beyond that. Um, but it took a long time to find that. And, you know, it, it, for me, trust is a thing. It was uh, an issue for a long time. And uh, as I think a lot of people experienced, you know, when you expose these aspects of yourself to people you think you trust, sometimes you get stabbed. That can be very traumatic. And, you know, the, you, you may find that as well, that some, some groups just aren't the right fit for you, but there's a lot out there. And the community in general, I think that there's a drive to bring understanding and, and uh, 
community to therianthropy and understanding it uh, in a better sense. So I don't discount anybody in the community. Um, I get frustrated when other people do start to discount others or say their opinion doesn't matter or, you know, we're the single source of truth or anything like that. There isn't a single source of truth. And there's a lot of history also out there that others have tried to revive and pull back up. And it would be worth digging into that a little bit before you decide you're, you've got the, the answers that everyone's been looking for. Because probably it's already been explored quite a bit. Actually, that was one of the things when I first returned to the community from the, the break that I took. One of, the, one of the things that happened was I kind of got grilled a little bit because... Uh, a lot of the people who were around were new people. They didn't know me from uh, from the past. And they would ask me about my experiences. I would tell them about it. And then suddenly they're like, oh, that's not therianthropy. That's something else. Or, you know, that you should seek out this community or that community. And But but that doesn't sound like therianthropy. And it's like, hmm. And I, I, that was when I discovered that a number of the things that we would have considered therianthropy 20 years ago many people in the community don't consider therianthropy now or or they've or some of those things have been suppressed some types of expressions of therianthropy so you know that that's something that i hope changes as time goes on that the sort of umbrella of what we think of as therianthropy uh, widens appropriately because i think it's currently too narrow i see things from a lot of different perspectives people sometimes want to gatekeep in order to protect what they already have but it's almost at the cost of hindering real progress some of the sometimes these things are shut down without real conversation as far as trying to learn about what another person's perspective is and evaluating hey is this really a part of the overall experience is this something that you know would this discussion overall help everybody out we actually talked about something somewhat different so so bear had an interview not too long ago with pd and we're not going to talk about it yet <laughs> but uh one of the topics was dissociation in the therian experience and there seems to be confusion as far as that and disassociative identity disorder and it, there's almost like this instant reaction that people have to just seeing the word dissociate that it's it's almost becoming a volatile thing that is keeping real conversation from happening. And I don't know, some of the conversations that have come from this and hearing the interview at, at more length may actually be more helpful for people. I, I think sometimes it's important to kind of break down that gatekeeping a little bit and figure out why you're actually doing it because there is a chance that you're really keeping people from painting the bigger picture the way it needs to be. I think that's fair. And you know, gatekeeping and, and, and such has been kind of a, a natural thing for this community in general, because it is misunderstood in many ways. It can be made into a mockery very easily. I can get lumped in with other groups uh, equally as easily too. So I can understand the point of wanting to protect it. But at the same time, it, when legitimate debate should come and legitimate conversation could come at legitimate perspectives and hearing people out and not presuming to understand what they're saying, but actually listening to them 
I think those will go a long ways. And that kind of goes back to, you know, finding common ground for me and then using that as the foundation. My particular challenge for members of the community is stop using these fucking buzzwords to describe your experiences and uh, just take the opportunity to, again, have a fleshed out conversation with people because uh, nine times out of 10, if you describe your experience with like four or five labels to somebody, they're not going to really get a good understanding of what you're experiencing. You're going to have to take that time to invest a little deeper. Um, they're going to have to take the time to actually hear you out. Um, otherwise, there's not going to be real understanding. Yeah, I guess I'm, some, something I just that it just occurred to me listening. It's, what, what, I guess one of the things about being as unsure about oneself as I am is that, you know, I, I'm not sure I have. That means I don't have a particular angle to follow, I suppose. So I'm. I guess to to some extent, I'm, I feel like I should be able to, you know, at least absorb almost anything because I don't really know what is common or what fits in with me personally. I feel like people in the community in general respond better when you have that kind of I don't know mentality or open mindedness. Um, it, it seems like it's a bigger issue if it's on the other side where you you say, I know for certain I am this, but I don't have anything to back it up. Um, I just know it's a gut feeling. I think that people sort of respect when people say, I don't know a little better, a little more than we may expect, which is difficult because what we experience is very personal. So saying we don't know is kind of a complicated thing too. Well, saying that we don't know opens the door for learning. The minute the people assume that they know, they're shutting that door. As you said, already there's no growth when that happens. But a lot of their motivation for closing that door in the first place is that kind of knee-jerk protection. Really tight rope to walk. I would, I would agree. Um, and I would also say if, if you already know everything there is to know about you, you're why are you here? I, I guess to make friends, but why Why else are you here? It, uh, aren't you here, generally speaking, to learn about yourself? If you know everything about yourself, why are you here? There's an old saying that goes, is that you don't stop learning until you're dead. If that's the case, a lot of people are dead very young because they just stop learning. <laughs> There's another quote I'm fishing for, too. It's something along the lines of, the more you know, the more you know, the less you know. It's, it's stated much better than that, but... I've, you know, um, most of the people that I know who have taken this time to explore themselves extensively still have as many questions as they have answers. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've been hanging around this community for a very long time, and I still don't feel like I know Jack, so. And maybe part of this problem that stresses a lot of people out is that they have this feeling or this push that they need to know this right now. Right now, you have to know. And I don't really understand that. No, in fact, I could imagine a Therian who never knows what their type is. Because from my perspective, what animal you feel you are isn't the important part of Therianthropy, but rather the capacity to feel that you are an animal, if that makes sense. Well, to me, it poses the question, too, that... Uh, would an animal 
really dwell on what kind of animal it is anyway <laughs> like is it an animal thing to spend so much time trying to figure out what kind of animal you are no that's fundamentally a human behavior i would think our imagination gets us in trouble a little bit too often yeah but i mean you understand where i'm coming from so many people i've seen they'll they'll say oh you have to research 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 and i'm like this is a journey of inner knowledge not a term paper you you're 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 learning more about yourself and it can take a lot of time to dig those things out and you may never get the full story but it's really just understanding yourself and you're understanding yourself through this sense of inner animality i think it kind of goes back to the whole you're wrong perspective but people learn things in different ways not everyone's going to take the same things away from an experience in the same ways there are some who, you know, through research, 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 will figure out, uh, you know, things will click for them a little better. There are some who will, uh, it's more of an emotional process. They need to kind of disconnect from thoughts and feel things out a little bit. It's, there's no one tried and true way for everybody. I too, actually, uh, you know, when I first came into the community, I felt, uh, I went through the grilling too. And I felt like if I couldn't write a dissertation on why I'm a tiger, then I might as well just shut up and go in the corner. <laughs> so um, I make it a point to to let people realize, hey, that's not how it actually is. You know, you experience what you experience, whether you can put it to words or not. The key thing is to be honest about yourself too. On the flip side, we do see some people who are trying to fit in and again, using buzzwords and things and it almost feels like their experience may not be genuine just by the way they're describing it. And it's like, well, you, you know, just be yourself. There's no need to try to fit in or anything. Just tell us what you experience and kind of go from there. Well, I've actually had people tell me that, uh, you know, they've private messaged me and said, well, you know, I, I lied about, I've lied to people about my experiences because I was afraid that if I didn't toe the expected line, uh, that I would be seen as fake or driven out or that my experiences weren't real or valid or they were just afraid of the consequences of being honest about what they actually experienced. Well, again, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was you or but I had in common with someone else. Like as a kid, I thought I was crazy. Like I, the things that I experienced, I thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of us. A lot of us went through that. So All to, us, yeah. to, yep. to put it out on a table and, and feel like you're going to have an answer of, oh, well, that's not really what this is. You know, that's, that's very hard to do. So I can kind of see it from that perspective. But as someone that's older and a little more mature, hopefully, in the community, I don't want people to be like that. I don't want people to feel that. Like I want people to be their genuine selves because again, how, how are we even going to know what kinds of trends occur in therianthropy if we don't see the true story? We need to know what people are actually experiencing. We do know, we need to know what kinds of questions they actually legitimately have too. Sometimes maybe the, to put us in the right direction, we need to see that everybody has this question that, the answer, I don't know. And um, I can relate to that whole, um, not necessarily the lying thing, but the opposite, which is saying as little as possible to get by. Because when I first joined the community, I, was, I wasn't I was too into revealing a whole lot about myself because there seemed to be 
um, a bit of um, a culling, if you will, of entrance. And I'm like, eh, I'm I'm really I'm really here to learn about myself. I don't really want to get mixed up in that. So I'll just I'll just keep silent. But um, uh, that had also had a lot to do with uh, the fact that I had my own set of experiences, and um, I wasn't necessarily trying to fit in so much as not get excluded. My experience with that has been a little bit opposite in the sense that I've often ended up in a situation where I've started to wonder, am I being too open? Am I being too honest? Am I scaring people away with all this detailed ex-solution of my experiences? I would often write a post and then the thread goes dead like crickets like done nobody else says anything so uh, for a little while there i was starting to wonder am i being too open is there such a thing um i've since kind of realized you know i shouldn't be worrying about that quite so much it's just part of how i express myself but for a little while there i was starting to wonder if i was alienating myself by being so honest i think some of that was just crappy timing because 2020 there's definitely <laughs> likely some truth to that. I picked a hell of a year to show up. Yeah, it happens. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand the, <laughs> a, a lot of what's been, you know just been talked about so far because I straight up denied uh, fitting in with the group way, way back when. It took a lot of convincing on the part of the folks around me to even get me to halfway consider it. So coming at it from, from that perspective, I can definitely easily imagine, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the pressure, you know, some people might feel, you know, having, you know, suddenly found this place with, with other, with other people who think like them and then reading the room, I guess, and uh, wanting to fit in. So, <laughs> I think one of the interesting things, too, is that um, as far as fitting in goes, it, Therian seems to still be a pretty diverse crowd. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we do have a lot of different backgrounds. From an experiential point, yeah, we do have some commonalities, too. But I don't think we're we're meant to be in some kind of mold. It's, it's okay to be an individual. It's okay to still have your own personality. It's okay to have your own interests and things along those lines. There's no like copy paste Therian stereotype that one has to fit into. Very true, but on the opposite, Paul, um, we need to have a real firm sight of those things that we do have in common because those are the things that we need to hold on to when we're having a hard time understanding each other. So it's important to not go too far one way or the other. There has to be a balance there between individuality and commonality. I agree. Even for myself, you know, the thought is kind of a awe-inspiring, I guess, because all I've ever thought about, about you know, you know, comparing my, you know, my experiences with the others here is, you know, how much other people seem to have gone through and how little I seem to have gone through in comparison. But and and you know, just the idea of me being like y'all is uh, <laughs> is a little. Uh, Makes me think. I think sometimes therianthropy is romanticized a little bit too much, too. Um, and we've talked about this in the past, too. Like, you know, people talk about awakenings as some kind of big 
fantastical process and, and things along those lines. Like my own personal story, I actually wouldn't wish on anybody because it was kind of traumatic to myself. Like I, I'm actually glad to hear that people have experiences that are nowhere near as traumatic for them. Um, it's, 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 it's not a fun thing. Um, I, I don't think that trauma is required for someone to self-discover in that regard either. So, I mean, I, I don't think, I think this is something where you really shouldn't hold your experience too closely to that of others. There, there's no set of like instructions or requirements or things along those lines. Again, it comes back to what do you, what do you actually experience? If you feel that you are a Therian, genuinely, to me, I don't really care how you got there. It doesn't matter to me if the process of your awakening was super difficult or if it was very fluid. What matters to me is what you feel and what you experience. Yeah, no, um, I would I would agree and say that it's, you know, it doesn't need to be some kind of superhero story where you find out your superpower dramatically, you know, it's it just happens how it happens. I'd also like to share a quick little story here to point out how in a lot of ways the difficulties in coping with this and communicating with this they never really get any easier with age you can still have a traumatic experience in your 40s or 50s as a theory and as you can as you can as a teenager uh just today i went and was having a conversation with my mom and we're getting better with being open with each other she asked what I was doing today, and I just happened to mention that I'm making a podcast with my friends. Oh, what's it about? Therianthropy. Oh, weird. Word for word, that's what she said to my face. Oh, weird. Oh, tell her weird. that the totter says thank you. <laughs> well, in the past, I would get really violently upset with something like that, and it was still upsetting, even now, even though I've been dealing with this for decades already. But I turned it around, um, I won't get into the full detail of it, but I turned it around basically by saying, well, if, the, if therianthropy is weird, then I guess all this gender stuff is weird too, eh? No, no, not at all. Well, it's kind of like that, but instead of being talking about gender identity, we're talking about species identity. You know what? That shut her down right now, and I felt so good about it, because I was peaceful about it. I didn't blow up, I didn't run away and hide. I stood up for myself, and it took me 40 years to get to that point. So I just wanted to throw that quick little story out there to just let everybody know it doesn't necessarily all get better once you get older. There's still going to be challenging You times. are still going to be you when you get older. <laughs> still going to, for That's the most right. part, uh, respond to things in, in the same ways that you do. <laughs> um but uh, even that, I, I think it makes up a good point. Like, uh, I see a lot of younger Therians who are like, oh, how do I talk to my parents about this? How do I talk to my friends about this or my teacher about this? It, it may not be the appropriate time to. Um, you kind of have to feel your way through it. Like, as an adult, it's much easier to talk to people about this because, again, it's you, you have your own place, possibly, or you have your own job or... You don't rely on others as much, so it, it helps give a little bit of that flexibility. Unless there is an extenuating circumstance, there should never really be a reason 
to feel like you have to out yourself as a Therian to somebody. It's not something that needs to be trendy. It's it's something that's very personal. It's very private. It's going to come with a lot of questions. Uh, evaluate whether or not you have the answers or the capacity for them. And I think, like Blaze was saying, uh, as you get older, you will have a better emotional capacity to handle these things and not take them quite as personally. I understand that therianthropy is something that the people that are around me do not experience and cannot relate to. I still talk about it from time to time because I feel it's important to give them that little bit of exposure and it also helps them get to know the real Zephyr. But time and place. I'd like to add on that. Um, just relaying my experiences before I even knew what theranthropy was or the com uh, community existed for it back in 11th grade. Um, it was sort of coming into this, uh, you know, my shifts and stuff and my spirituality. And at that time, I really had no one to relate to. And that, like, I was just crying to relate to someone. So I, I had to tell people I, I truly trusted. Some of them bit me, some didn't. Um, but um, uh, now that I know there's a community out there for it, and you know, I'm not just some crazy person who will never find another person that experiences you know, the kind of things I do. Um, I don't think there would have ever been like a, a reason to open out to these people and risk it when there's a community who perfectly understand, well, almost perfectly understand what you're going through and is there to talk about it. That was a really good way of describing the role the community plays in support. I, I thank you for that. That said it all in a paw print for me. That's what I experienced this year because up until this year, like literally, I had never talked to Ethereum. So it really changed my whole perspective on why I talk about who I am in the first place. There was no longer that desperate need to be understood. And I think in a way that might have been what helped me get over that hump and being able to calmly and in a mature way explain myself. I think I could have done that if I didn't know I had people understand me. Good food for thought. All right, uh, Zeph and company, I've got I've to gotta drop for now. So I will thank you, uh, everybody. Uh, keep up the conversation and talk to you next time. Thank you for joining and take care. All right, so moving back into the direction of community and community projects, things along those lines, Pink Dolphin did an interview with Bear X and Azzy Maxi Wolf. I am going to give a link to that in the comments when I post this video. And I'm kind of hoping that we can discuss that a little bit deeper in our next episode. I'm going to have to give a subtle nudge to as eating bear. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm for it. Other things that are going on in the community. I'm going to go ahead and kind of say a few things. If you guys can think of anything else to feel free to go in. I realize it's been a few months since we did one of these episodes. And so... Again, some of the community projects and things like that that we have seen either completed or are in progress, uh, feel free to shout them out. I want to thank everybody who participated in the Sketchtember event. Every September at TG, I have done like a sketching competition. It's not really a competition. It's a, a challenge. Yeah. So basically trying to get everybody to 
sketch a little bit every day. Uh, doesn't matter what your skill level is. It's basically about the camaraderie and trying to improve your own skills. So uh, we had an excellent turnout this year with that too. I, again, want to thank everybody who participated in that. Uh, I will try to be better at making that also more like a community thing in the future. This year, I was just too bound up to really help out with that. So I apologize for that, but still uh, going to post a link to that. If you are a TG member, you can feel free to peruse that. If not, sorry, not trying to exclude you. I think some of the things are posted up on our DBNR page. And I need to be better about that too. <laughs> I'll do better next year. And Bear, you said that Therianthropy Day is coming up, right? It sure is. Um, Therianthropy Day is a sort of long-running celebration of the modern Therianthropy. It gets uh, celebrated on the first full moon of November. Um, the very first howl for community get-together uh, was held in 1994 on the full moon weekend of that November, which was the 19th and the 20th. Um, and uh, every year since then, uh, that's sort of been a day of Therian remembrance. I know sometimes people will say, oh, there, there's no there's no day for Therianthropy, or you'll, or you'll see various people say, oh, we're going to celebrate a, a Therianthropy day on this. Now, this has been uh, consistently Therianthropy day the first full moon of November. And since the last full moon was the last day of October, it times out to be November 30th this year. So the last day of November. It's not really about pride. It's more just about whatever makes you feel connected to the community. Um, you know, it's not like there's any particular right way to celebrate it. You know, just do things which you feel nurture your connection to the community and and uh, and your inner critter. So, can you celebrate it with a Wolfenut cake? No, because Therianthropy Day is not Wolfenut. It was what two years ago, I think. <laughs> I made a cake yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. A pink dolphin, I noticed, uh, does a Therianthropy Day video collage every year. Uh, there's still a couple of days left, I think, to contribute to that. I think his cutoff was the 25th. So, again, restricted to TG, I guess. But uh, Or it's maybe not. it's not. It's I don't not. know how he's got it's that. Not. It's not. Oh, no. good. Excellent. And aside from that, the only other community project going on right now that I can think of is the expedition, that collaborative writing project that happened. I'd like to thank Eli for having patience as <laughs> our, our, our group of people tries to move forward with that. So it is a creative writing project that has multiple TG members in it, and it's sort of like a role play story. I know a few of us are kind of busy with life and, and trying to get back into the story as well, but it's an opportunity to explore a new world through the eyes of your stereotype. And there are some nuances to that too, but it seems like it's going to be an interesting project. It has been limping along kind of, but uh, chapter one has turned out to be significantly long. And I think it's had something like close to 800 views, which I found pretty impressive. So 
there is definitely interest there. It's just been everything is slow and awkward this year. I know I've been certainly enjoying it. Blaze, also, did you want to promote the projects that you're working on? Yes, I uh, should probably quickly mention that. At present, I've been posting pieces of my novel that I wrote for NaNoWriMo last year. It's the National Novel Writers Month. Uh, the first book, well, the series is a spin-off, and the series is called Dog Clans of Kuvai. And I started posting pieces, mostly complete pieces, for the most part, of this story to TG in the Creativity Forum. They're kind of a series of linked threads that are put together. And my whole motivation for wanting to share this with the community is because I'm hoping to get feedback on how to make this world a little bit more representative of what kinds of things Darians actually experience. And the reason for that being is that the premise for this storyline is that Therians were the predecessor for the shapeshifters in this fictional story series. So by having input from the community about how can I make this better would be really helpful because as a writer, it's hard to write what you don't know. I don't know what kind of ticks a tiger would experience every day, for example. Little nuances make all the are you assuming that I have ticks? You, uh, everybody has ticks. Come on now. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? I'm hoping to get a little bit of feedback to assist with that realism behind the story. It was, it's something that um, some Therians do approach kind of cautiously because there is a concern about how you're portrayed in things like fiction. So I also do agree that it's it's very important for people to give their feedback, uh, give it a look, give it a feed, give it some feedback, constructive criticism if needed, and basically help to shape the story. Then, if that's you know that's your intention, and uh, I, I agree, uh, I think it's a good idea to open it up and see how others can help you kind of mold it, how to <laughs> shape shift it. Absolutely, um, I just uh, posted. A sneak peek at this year's project, which I'm currently working on. I just hit 40,000 words. You need 50,000 words to beat the challenge, so I'm just about there. And this book two is called Cayman Coravan. I just posted another piece of it today, and for the time being, that's probably all I'm going to post for now. But um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to you know trying to get some some more feedback on it. And if not, then I'm just going to be going ahead with publishing book one sometime next year. So maybe it's something we can revisit again in the future if uh, if people aren't really interested right now. So I'm, I do have to say I'm disappointed that you're not talking in an accent right now. What, you want me to come out talking like Cayman or something? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can do that on the spot. Well, then now what, I'm triggered. What, Why do you got to talk about spots? Well, now... Now you're making me want to sit down and read that section. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, you know, that might be a thing, too. So if you guys feel like it would be interesting to have Blaze read some stuff, feel free to let us know. <laughs> yeah, it might be a way to get get it out of uh, out of uh, forums that might people might not be a part of. So... Like uh, Barracks was saying, uh, Therianthropy Day is coming up soon, and also Thanksgiving's coming up this week, so 
uh, maybe we can just take a few minutes to kind of, you know, what do you guys have planned for any of this? Um, I know celebrating things is a little different and complex these days, but uh, any any anything planned for celebrating Therianthropy Day or Turkey Day? Oh, well, uh, my, my uh, extended family locally is having a bit of a get-together. It's going to be... Uh, the, the one family of five, uh, my cousin's family, plus uncle and aunts and myself, and we've been, all been taking our bubbles pretty seriously. And I just got a negative test on test for my coronavirus. So uh, I'm, I'm likely going there. Uh, I didn't know about the Oreanthropy Day until almost just now. So I have to think about that, but what? <laughs> for shame. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm. I am ashamed, but I guess I'd just be thankful for, you know, the, all the folks who, you know, who supported me, you know, and, you know, encouraged me to, to, to try this out all these years. It's like, I, I absolutely know I would not have done it on my own. And, you know, I know that I'm supposed to, you know, find my own reasons and think for myself and everything, but that's just the fact I wouldn't have gotten here even to this point without the encouragement of a lot of others and they're the, that's what i'm thankful for well uh up here in canada we actually had thanksgiving a month ago already but all focus on therianthropy day oh that's cheating yeah we i know we, we always have to do things different up here but uh for therianthropy day November 30th also happens to be the last day of NaNoWriMo, so that's my last day to get this project done. I don't know, I'd like to, I just want to hang out with some friends online or something. I don't have any friends locally to hang out with. I don't connect with my family. So I'm really hoping we can kind of just, you know, get together on Discord and hang out on that day or something like that. It'd be fun. So how has NaNoWriMo been? Uh, for the last five or six years, I've but other than this year, I've been telling myself, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it this year. And then I, I get like 10 words and I get distracted. So, uh, Well, I did it for the first time last year. And because I was working and doing it at the same time, I had zero time to even investigate the community aspect of it until it was already December. So I kind of, by the time I got into the community and looking at the forums and all that, everybody was pretty much packing up and leaving already. So I don't think I got a really fair look at what that community is like. And this year, I, I so far haven't really had an opportunity to investigate the community aspect of it as much either. What I did find interesting is that in looking at the, at the, the, the pie graph of members of who actually participates in Anarimo, 70% of the participants were women. I found that kind of curious. Interesting. Yes. But as for the NaNoWriMo project I've got going right now, it's uh, it's going great guns. I'm just absolutely ecstatic with how well it's been going. Good. All right, Bear, Tiger? I have no plans for Thanksgiving, aside from going to my mate's um, brother's house and celebrating there. But um, uh, I will be certainly thankful that this community exists. Uh, again, I'm just sort of touching back on when I mentioned like, oh, you know, I, I had no one to go to before I discovered about Theanthropy. And I was, it was just hurt 
to have no connection at that primal level. And when I found that the that totally with you there me, it was like such a relief. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget that. And be thankful for that. What about your recent close encounters with your own kind? <laughs> um it was um that was an experience um that too was uh, i don't want to say game changing but it was definitely left an impact with me um seeing a bengal tiger up close for the first time so close that i could touch it if there wasn't a, a window in the way it was it shook me um and I feel better for it. Um, I I will be thankful for that experience as well. All right, Bear, what you got going on? Bupkis. Not really, don't really have any real plans for the holiday. Um, I shouldn't say I don't have plans. I'm going to be going down to my family's, but I don't really, it's just going to be lounging around for the most part, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, so it's like the opposite of plans because I've been busting my hump for 2020. So now it's time for some chill a staycation. Yeah. But it always ends up being, you know, not as relaxing as I hoped. So we'll have to see. Um, but, uh, and as for what I'm thankful for, oh man, that list could go on forever, but Lately, I've been revisiting Fred Rogers and some of the things that that he has as quotes, like quotes that people have extracted from decades of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And, um, and I, I'm particularly thankful right now that I grew up in a time when he was on air as a, you know, when I was a kid, um, because I think a lot of those lessons were foundational and um had a lifelong impact on me and of course i'm thankful as well for my family and uh the people who care about me and the people who i care about but uh yeah so you know it's hard to think of there's just so many things right i mean that list could be endless i think that in and of itself is something to be thankful for <laughs> sometimes we, yeah, i suppose we we you know we do need to sit back and kind of counter blessing so to speak thankfully still know how to be thankful eh? <laughs> yeah well i was going to say the list of things that i'm thankful for is orders of magnitude longer than the things i regret well said you know it's um i think i'm at a turning point in my life because i'm trying to get in that direction myself uh i think i lived so much of my life focusing on the regret and it's you know it's it's time to turn that around. So it's I'm thankful to have that capacity to to be able to try to take it into my own paws and try to help others do the same thing. Um, you know, it's yeah, there are some things that are out of our control, but I think we kind of we steer the future a little more than we think we have the capacity to. I think that's fair. We often have no capacity to really understand how we're going to impact the future. And that's why it's so important to just be natural and be ourselves all the time. Oh, I know one more thing that I'm grateful 
I'm grateful if there's an infinite number of tables in our Discord server. Push me off, Bug Zeph. <laughs> I, I still think the greatest thing of the last month was the picture of me pushing you off. Did I? Yeah. No, wait, that was Tiger. Yeah. It was Tiger pushing you off a table under a table while you're eating a table. Yes, that was priceless. <laughs> I saved it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been framed. Food is going to come back to haunt you someday. <laughs> I know um, it's interesting, but 2020, I, I know it's been a very difficult time, but like we were talking about earlier, uh, it's given me time to focus on my anxiety. And I know this year has been, it's been pushing a boulder up a mountain basically as far as <laughs> dealing with anxiety goes but you know now that i'm starting to break through i i am extremely thankful for everyone who's had patience with me um i know it can be difficult to support someone who is going through difficult times and i i've had a tremendous amount of people who have been offering me nothing but support so i think that's that's one of the best things that i've seen about this community is that uh, there are people that really do care and they they will offer support beyond just you know they'll be there for you and then they will hop out of a vent and stab you in the back <laughs> i do want to okay it's a fun thing uh i know uh pd is doing recordings of among us and uh, our crew has also been doing some games of among us and it's i don't know it it seems like it's an excellent breakaway every now and then. Uh, I know some of us were afraid that it was going to make us feel weird toward each other, but I think if anything, it's kind of helped us appreciate each other a little bit better. <laughs> it helps us have deeper understanding of how we work, I think, <laughs> and a bigger embrace of the dark humor. Help us understand lie. how we lie in our tells, I think. It it's almost could be used as a kind of barometer quality of character. I mean, the easier, the better you are at Among Us, the less you should be trusted or something. <laughs> it's like... I'll take this moment to <laughs> just shake my head as I think about Tiger and his mate voting each other off when they were both innocent. <laughs> and me just laughing. Well, that was that was a misinterpretation of lag, so shush. So yeah, that's you know. Um long story short, it's kind of a perception is reality thing. Um there are options and opportunities for positive bonding with each other and you know, it's it's easy to get in a funk. Just try not to fixate on that, you know, try to find things that are fun and interesting try to find ways to connect with people um we have the internet right here if you're listening to this you've you've got access to the internet and there's a wealth of tools to connect with other people and to just focus on positivity and and growth and i, I encourage you to pursue those and it doesn't even need to be a big effort i'm find i mean the the simplest way to uplift somebody could be as simple as saying hello one word that's all what about it doesn't have to howdy. it doesn't have to be a or howdy or whatever right you're not 
on a crusade. You're just trying to connect with people. I think another good thing about this community is that um, a lot of us acknowledge and appreciate that some of us are just kind of awkward. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's okay. We understand it. Um, there will be times where uh, I think it was <laughs> the stormy last week. I'm like, I just sent a message and I'm like, hi, uh, I don't have anything to, to talk about. I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> you seem to appreciate that. So, yeah, just, uh, yeah, maybe take the opportunity to reach out to people that you haven't reached out to in a while. Push people off tables. It'll be okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised where it can lead you. <laughs> be rug. Yeah, I bees rug quite a bit, and it seems like it's inspiring others to be rugs, to bees rugs, be to to bees. Okay, yeah. It's a so, state okay. of then being. So the Z is as opposed to B, like it's French with the silent Z. Toss a Q in there somewhere. Uh, I'm I'm not French. I don't even, you know, some of the stuff that I do is just dumb stuff that I've done once and it makes people laugh. So I'm like, you know what? I'll keep doing that. So <laughs> I don't know. At this point, it's it's whatever you, what, whatever makes you face palm. I'll go with it. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to wrap it up for the night. Again, I thank you all for coming on here. So again, we had Bear X, Black Paws, Blue Wolf, Blaze, Tiger Acolyte and myself whatever my name is and uh, I'm glad we got the gang back together uh, for everyone who's listening I'm again sorry that it's taken so long uh, yell at me and I'll try to do these more often now <laughs> so uh, we're trying to get things back in line so uh, alright guys say your final words take yeah, care thank, thank, thank you for listening take care Thank you for having me. And we'll catch you all next time. Okay, thanks. Bye.